eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome into the Illini Enquirer podcast. Jeremy Warner, Joey Wagner back with you continuing our position preview series. We're doing two positions at a time. We started off with quarterbacks and running backs. Go back, listen to that one. That was a fun one to do. Uh, Joey, we're a couple days later. I still feel confident in my prediction of Luke Altmeyer as the starting quarterback. Uh, BTN was at practice the other day. We're recording this on August 18th. BTN was there on the 17th. So before we dive into the wide receivers and tight ends, did you learn anything from BTN, which has seen probably a little bit more practice than even we have? I did not. I heard there was a delay in airing it for a weather delay in a soccer game, which I don't think went over very well among a fan base trying to watch that. No, not really. They they really played up the quarterback competition, and, and I'm with you. I don't think it's as much as being led on in a quarterback competition, Jeremy, but not really. Not not didn't learn a lot. Uh, we did hear that uh, John Paddock seems likely to be the backup. Um, Barry Lunny in his interview was saying, you know, those guys had the most experience, and that is shining through. Uh, so I expect Altmaier and Paddock to be the top two options with Leary, the guy behind them. But again, they do value. Uh, Donovan Leary a lot uh the other thing Aaron Henry talking about the safeties man he mentioned every one of them uh Miles Scott got a shout out Joey you wrote about Miles Scott I think he has a real chance to start I've seen Clayton Bush at least go out there with the ones at one point but Demetrius Hill and Nicario Harper seem right in the mix uh that is the hardest position for me to predict right now you know Geske and Slaughter I kind of go back and forth on where I want to go there I know you think Geske's going to be the guy. I kind of side with you. I had Slaughter in my first, my last depth chart. But safety, I think all four of those guys are going to play. Um, but uh, figuring that one out is the toughest one for me right now. Yeah, we can't see anything. And you look at like a guy like Demetrius Hill could be both. Uh, a lot of ways we thought Matthew Bailey, Brett Bielma kind of debunked that a little bit earlier this training camp and sees him more there. But So you got like Mile, or Demetrius Hill who can play both. We think Miles Scott is more of a free safety. Maybe a nickel would suit him. Uh, if you just depending on what you do with Xavier Scott, we think Clayton Bush is more of a free safety. There's just a lot of guys who can do a few things, and it's yeah. very hard to sort through that. Yeah, Nakari Harper seems like a legit strong safety. Uh, I think Miles Scott's going to be a free safety. Um, you know, I know he part- practiced a little bit at corner in the spring. 
Um, Demetrius Hill has told me he's been practicing strong safety, boundary safety. So I, I think that's probably where he's got his best chance. He looks the best. Like physically, he looks the most impressive, kind of like Matthew Bailey. Uh, so that can make sense. But I think that's the the most interesting competition moving forward. Anything else you want to get to before we start on wide receiver? Very interesting position here, Joe. Anything else you want to update on? Not that I can think of. Um, they're going to scrimmage. We're recording this on Friday the 18th. They're going to scrimmage later tonight. It's going to be uh, as game-like as can be. The coaches who are going to be in the box are going to be in the box. On-field coaches are going to be on field. I think Barry Lunny was in the box last year, Jeremy, if I remember correctly. Uh, Aaron Henry will not be. Aaron Henry is going to be on the field, he told me uh, last week, and I think he said that previously in the spring. But I don't know if they're going to be full health for that. Zy Chrysler, Casey Washington. Uh, I don't – it doesn't sound like those are, are long-term. Yeah. Brett Bielma said if they don't go Friday, they'll be back on Tuesday. Look – Guys like Casey Washington, I'm not saying you don't need practice, but if you could elevate a guy like a Malik Elzey, a Sean Miller into a bigger role and stress those guys, you, you know what you're getting with Casey Washington. So I Chrisley, you'd like to see him go out there and get more reps at right tackle because he's been limited, but it doesn't sound – it sounds to me that the long-term injury still or intermediate term, I guess, would probably be a more fair way to put it, is Matthew Bailey. We, we don't know if he's going to be ready for Toledo, but other than that, they're kind of getting through this thing okay. Yeah, and this is they're only allowed two scrimmages, full blown scrimmages during the fall. So this is the last one. This is a really important one. When when it comes to some of those position battles we're talking about. If you're you're Jordan Slaughter, you better bring it today. Um and if you're one of those safeties, uh, I think you gotta bring it and I think Tyler Strain's probably pretty safe at corner, but that's another guy I think you know, if you want to make the rotation, you wanna solidify or move up, I think this is really the last opportunity to do so. And Brett Bioma reiterated two weeks out is when he would likely name a starting quarterback or everybody in the building would know. Uh, Saturday is two weeks out. So whether he announces it Saturday or Monday or Wednesday or whenever he does, um, we should have a pretty good idea within the next couple days of who the starting quarterback will be. Do you have odds on a press release or media availability with Bielema to learn this? I can see a Twitter QB1 type thing. I was going to say a post on X would be my my favorite probably. Um, Bielema just decided last year, uh, he told – the spokesman Brett Moore about a minute before he announced it. Hey, I'm going to do this uh, at the media session. I think they're going to have more. They like to have more of a social buildup so that the moment he says it, they can tweet it out. They can do all those things. Have the graph. I don't even know if he needs us. Just, just tweet it. <laughs> Didn't they do that? Remember when Brandon Peters won a different staff in um, 2019? I think it was just a, a post. Yeah. But hey, that's which, our quarterback, which is fine with me. I think we know where yeah, this I is don't going. Care. I frankly, for us, it's easier. We have a story like, ready. I'll just to let you know. That's gonna say, like, for us, it's easier because we're recording video, so you can't like cut that yeah. and tweet it out. It's also, I mean, it's just a lot easier when it's a post and you can file out the story and move along. That's right. That's right. All right, let's talk about wide receivers, Joey. Another sexy position. Uh, we will get to what I think is the sexiest part of this preview series: offensive line, defensive line, coming up. But. Uh, Wide receiver has obviously not been a strength of Illinois for a very long time, and I would include that last year. Isaiah Williams had a breakthrough year. Uh, Pat Bryan and Brian Hightower were solid, uh, really, you know, better than what Illinois had, had on the perimeter in previous years. You know, Matt Bebe had a good year there, but I just looked this up, Joey. The last time Illinois had two receivers with 500 plus yards in the same season was 2015. That was Geronimo Allison had 882. And Malik Turner had 5'10", 
Desmond Kane also had 492 that year. And the year previously they did too with Dudek and, and Allison. You know, Turner was part of that group. That was the last wide receiver group that I thought Illinois had that had the chance to be one of the top half groups of the Big Ten. But I think the main storyline of this wide receiver group is George McDonald's impressive buildup of this wide receiver room. Like, we know he inherited Isaiah Williams, basically inherited um, Pat Bryant and Casey Washington. Washington transfers for a bit, comes back. That's about all that's left, right, from from that group. Remember his first spring, they killed Griffin there. They had moved Isaiah Williams there. It was a hodgepodge of what they had at wideout, moved Deuce Span there at that time. But what he's done in recruiting with adding Hank Beatty, Sean Miller, Ashton Hollins, Ian Pugh, Malik Elzey, uh, Kanari Wilcher, Colin Dixon, Alex Capta-Jones, there's very few positions. I mean, a lot of these positions have gone through huge turnover, and quarterback's one of them, but wide receiver's right up there. It is. I wrote about this last week, earlier this week. I don't even remember anymore. Uh, so when Brett Beal, like, we've always heard about that meeting after the Penn State game, and he comes in and, and does his thing, and everyone rah-rahs and, and is happy. Um, Casey Washington was the only wide receiver that's on this roster that would have been in that meeting because he hit the portal in January. I mean, it's been a complete turnover. Some of that comes just obviously, right? It's the, the third year. Yeah. Like, there, there's a timeline on college uh, athletes or football players, athletes. But they've really, like – Outside of the new faces, the talent, Malik Elzey, top 300, Kanari Wilcher, top 800, Colin Dixon, 823. That's in the class of 2023. You go back to 2022, and they were still trying to get this thing on the off the ground a little bit. Sean Miller was a big win, top 800 kid. Ian Pugh, top 800 kid. Hank Beatty, Ashton Hollins, not rated as highly. But, guys, Hank Beatty was extremely productive when he was a wide receiver in high school. Ashton Hollins, we've seen – the traits and, and we knew like hey he's probably going to take a minute to to develop in this system then you add in an alex capka jones and you isaiah williams like isaiah williams in that meeting we want a wide receiver uh pat bryant was committed to the staff but he hadn't met brett bielema to that point so you you've seen the talent influx of this i think some of that's just george mcdonald's well respected at, at his position he, he's good at building relationships I think Barry Lunny makes it in this offense, makes it more attractive to be a wide receiver at Illinois. Now, you've got to develop those guys. You've got to get them experience in games, but the talent has really increased in that room. Yeah, like I don't know if I've flipped more on a position group about the long-term future more than, than wide receiver because, I mean, outside linebacker wasn't even a position right when, when they got here. Um, and then – you know, offensive lines certainly feel good about what they're they're building on the offensive line, but receiver, the talent they've accrued, like I think long term, especially with a guy like Elsey who's going to play right away. I think Kanari Wilcher is going to play right away. We're starting to see Sean Miller get back into this mix. Hank Beatty is going to play a big role on this team, uh, and then you've seen the development of Isaiah Williams. Like we we've seen George do this before convert a quarterback into a really good receiver Jacoby Myers pretty good player at NC State and now in the NFL just got a nice big contract Isaiah Williams developing into this type of wide receiver wasn't a given and George has done a really good job with that Casey Washington just really rock solid 
everything you want in a, a, a team guy, great blocker, great hands, maybe not the most explosive, but just a, what you want in your program. And Pat Bryant took a huge step forward. I liked him as a prospect in that weird class of 2021, but and the development has been good, and then you add the recruiting. I, I think George McDonald we thought was a really good hire. I, th- I think he's starting to prove that, and we'll get into it about what they can do this year, but I think this group can, can take a big leap. Yeah, it's not – We've obviously talked about the quarterbacks, right, and how that's been an issue. Wide receiver hasn't been far behind offensively in terms of of talent in there. So, yeah, it's it's impressive what they've done. I think you can still, obviously, and we'll talk about it, show more, show more explosiveness, continue to be more attractive to to prospects, to recruits. But the way that they're – like this got off the ground fairly quickly after the Tony Peterson ordeal. Uh, But, man, this is – this has been pretty solid. You gotta, the next step is getting those guys on the field. Yeah. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. All right, my big question, the big question about this group, can they be more explosive? Isaiah Williams led the Big Ten in yards after catch. A lot of that's where he catches the ball, screen passes, behind the line of scrimmage with these shovel passes. But he was explosive. We we saw at points like he was their big play guy. Uh, Brian Hightower could catch it down the field and go win a jump ball. Pat Bryant could do that at times. But there wasn't just a lot of explosiveness after the catch. Yards after the catch – Isaiah Williams, number one in the Big Ten. Then you had Hightower, Bryant, and Casey Washington among qualified Big Ten wide receivers were bottom six out of 46. So they need to get more explosive after the catch. That's part of the reason they wanted to get a guy like Malik Elzey and Kanari Wilcher and and maybe put Isaiah Williams in a little bit different of a role as as a field stretcher. They have to get more explosive because Tommy DeVito was accurate. He just, you know, look at Justin Fields the other day. The best friend of a quarterback is, one, somebody who can catch the ball, go get it, but also make a play after he catches it. Outside of Isaiah Williams, there just wasn't enough of that, Joey. No, there wasn't. And I think Pat Bryant is the one that I would circle as somebody uh, to be in that conversation this year. You've seen them, or you've heard, I should say, them kind of take steps. Obviously, year two with Barry Lunny uh, should lend itself to more explosive plays. But you've seen them kind of talk about moving Isaiah Williams around the field, moving him outside. That's to unlock more explosive plays, to move Pat Bryant inside, to take advantage of mismatches in that slot. That's to unlock more explosive plays. There's a reason we're talking about Kanari Wilcher as a freshman who might be able to break in the rotation and contribute. He's really, really fast, and you're trying to unlock more explosive plays. And then Malik Elsey. 
Like you, that's another guy. You would circle Pat Bryant. You would circle Malik Elzey. I think you know with Isaiah Williams, there's another level where you have an idea that he's going to be able to be somebody who can make some explosive plays. How many remains to be seen? But if you're looking for who, those would be my two guys. Malik Elzey, Pat Bryant, is somebody who can be more downfield stretches. Uh, I'm really interested to see how much Pat Bryant's in the slot uh, to see if he can do anything differently there. But you're, you're seeing them take steps to, to try to break that open a little bit more. Yeah, because Pat Bryant can, can move the chains in that slot position, right? If he gets on a, an undersized nickel or whatever it is, I mean, it's against a Quan Martin, that would be difficult. But if, if it's more an undersized nickel, he could post up on those guys, maybe break a tackle. Um, but Isaiah Williams, I didn't know if they used him enough as a down-the-field threat last year. And it's because I don't know if they thought they had another slot guy. Now they do. Like, Hank Beatty's emergence. I talked to George about him the other day. I think we forget because he put up record-breaking numbers as a sophomore at Rochester in that offense with Derek London, which is so good. Um, he was a quarterback in high school. Uh, those last two years, he was a quarterback. And I asked George, how big of a transition was it? Because he played wide receiver more than Isaiah Williams. But he said it was basically the same big of a transition as Isaiah had. Because while he played wide receiver two years ago, he wasn't as refined as some of these other guys. So, you know, we know Hank is great hands. But last year, from what I've gathered from George, the route running wasn't great. But now he understands route running. He understands leverage a little bit more, how to create separation. So I think you're going to see Hank Beatty play more in that slot, and it allows, allows them to use Isaiah in different ways. That said, you still want to use Isaiah on these screens and shovel passes and, you know, the mesh concepts where you're basically doing pick routes. But I also think you can use Isaiah as just a vertical threat a little bit more because he can gain that separation. Gennari Wilcher, can he get a role as that? I think Ashton Hollins can play that deuce-span role a little bit. So they have to be more of a deep threat. I think Luke Altmaier will help. I think he's better deep ball, more touch than Tommy DeVito had. But uh, you, you also just need these guys to make more plays. So Malik Elzey is going to play. He's, he's going to play. I think he's more talented than Casey Washington. He's not as reliable yet on all those other things, but he's a physical player. He's a talented player. He's going to see the field. This is just the most talented group they have, and on top of having those three returning starters, I don't know if it all comes together this year, but I, I do think this group takes a step forward in that regard. Do you get Donnie Navarro-like vibes with Hank Beatty? Just the way they talk about his ability to get open and, and maximize. And it's not the biggest dude in the world, but I kind of get those similar vibes. Yeah, and I think Hank's faster, right? Yeah. I think Hank's faster, probably a little bit better of an athlete, probably bigger right now than, than what Donnie was. Uh, Donnie was was a craftsman, right? Like I, I kind of think of Casey Washington like that as well. They got the most of their ability. I, I think Hank's got a little bit more twitchiness to him. Yeah. So, yeah, I, but that that's a valuable piece. Like if that's the fourth or fifth guy in your rotation, that's a very valuable piece, especially if it lets you – take Isaiah Williams around so that I think the competition here we'll, we'll talk more about it with the depth chart here the competition is certainly improved for reps the fact that like hey if Casey Washington doesn't make big plays for you at some point Malik Elsie might might steal his reps right or if Pat Bryant struck Malik Elsie can steal his reps um I, I think that's that's huge for this group it is uh I, I want to touch on the point you made like you don't know if it'll all come together this year neither do I but I feel a lot better like for Illinois that Casey Washington, someone like him, that you have those three starters back and you're not asking Malik Elzey to walk in here as a freshman 
and step into that role, or you're not asking Sean Miller as a redshirt freshman coming off of, of injuries that at least limited him on the field to step into one of those three yeah. roles, or Alex Kapka Jones, like Casey Washington and probably gets overlooked, but his presence, I think, still is really, really important to this team, and it allows maybe a little bit more of a natural progression for some of those younger guys to step in to bigger roles. I, for as talented as Malik Elzey is, and as physically ready as he looks, and as much as the staff is not exactly eager to pour cold water on some of the hype that's building around him, do you really want to have to rely on a true freshman to step in there. The fact that one, Illinois well, no. doesn't have to is is a step in the right direction. But right now, if it comes October, <laughs> if it's like October and Malik Elzey's just somebody you cannot have off the field, that's great. Yeah. But like, I, I like to, I like the fact that they can slowly build to that if that's what it comes to. And that's why I think having Casey Washington back, Pat Bryant back, Isaiah Williams back, outside of the production, especially for the latter two, that's big. Yeah, and it's just, you know, if you have an injury, you got other guys. Like the, the, the Dude, attack. if they had an injury in past years, it was, it was tough sledding. I mean, if Isaiah Williams had been hurt, injured at any point last year, right? Like, who? what else are they doing? Like, you know, Pat Bryan and Brian Hightower could move the chains a little bit, but you just became so uh, less dynamic. Like, listen, if Isaiah Williams gets hurt this year, that changes things. He's so good. Like, I, I feel like, Sometimes we don't talk enough about how good he is. He could be a 1,000-yard receiver. He could be a 100-catch receiver this year. That's how good he can be. But Hank Beatty's a playable guy. Kenari Wiltshire could, could play for you. Um, Malik Elzey could, could play for you. Maybe Pat Bryant's your slot guy after that. Like You have guys that I think you can go and succeed with. Um, even if you know one of those other guys gets hurt, like Ashton Hollins has made some plays in, in training camp and has really good tools. Sean Miller. A guy we thought was going to play a lot last year is coming back from injury. And while I don't know if he's 100% back to being Sean Miller, he's got a chance. So um, I, I think this group has a chance to take as big of a step forward as, as almost any on this team. Yeah, I'm with you. That's a great point about Isaiah Williams. Chase Brown was the focal point of this offense. Isaiah Williams was the one you could least afford to lose last year. And now we're not trying, to your point, we're not trying to say like, ah, if he gets hurt, they're fine. That is not the case either, but I think you're better equipped to figure your way around that than you were a year ago. I think Isaiah would be neck and neck with Chase. I mean, Tommy obviously would have been the number one guy, but um, yeah, I agree. I agree with the sentiment there. All right, let's talk about the depth chart. I think it's no doubt the starters, Casey Washington, Pat Bryant, Isaiah Williams. It's great to have all three of those guys back. Who else is in the rotation, Joey? What's your guess right now? You spoiled it earlier when you said Malik Elsey's going to play. I think Malik Elsey is in the rotation. I think Hank Beatty is in the rotation. That would be my top Sean... five. That would be my top five right there. Right. And then you, for that six through generously eight, let's say, you, you have guys like Sean Miller, Alex Kapka-Jones, Ashton Hollins, and Kanari Wilcher trying to find the role. I, I think that's kind of like the tears for me. Yeah, Kanari Wilcher had a really strong spring. He's really explosive. Um him and Ashton Hollins are kind of the guys that I think are going to get some reps. I don't know how often, but you put them out there for a few plays and they can be that deuce span, big play threat. They're like, nobody's scouted. Nobody knows who they are, but man, like Luke, Luke Altmaier is going to know I'm going to look at them. That's, that's the first read. And then if I have to drop it off, cause those guys can get on top of a defense. Um, so those guys could be 
interesting to see if they get used. Alex Kafka Jones feels like the red zone guy. Um, just big, long. He's not the the strongest, but just long, great hands and ball skills. Feels like he's got like a six seven, six eight wingspan. Um, I, I think Malik Elzey would be above him right now, but uh, he's he's an interesting piece. Um, and then after that, yeah, like I, I do think the top five is pretty certain. But the competition of, of that depth is going to be fun. We'll, we'll mention some of the other guys that are still developing, like Sean Miller. I'm really interested to see if he if he gets a role here because he is versatile. He can play the slot. He can play on the outside. He's kind of a refined player, and he was going to play last year. How much, I, I don't know, but he's just kind of a really good overall player. So I know you talked to him, Joey, coming back from injury. feels like he's, he's getting back. It's just hard to count on a guy who's had two really major injuries, collarbone and a knee. Yeah, it's tough and to be limited. I remember George McDonald last year said there were – like to keep him engaged, he would give him like advanced scouting on cornerbacks to to just present to George that week, game week. And I asked Sean, like, that's helpful to to be able to take that now and translate it, be out of the green jersey, the the green non-contact jersey. But yeah, I mean, you've you've lost a year of on on the field things. He he had his first spring, and it was the last practice of spring before the spring game that he breaks his collarbone. So we didn't see him in that spring game. He's limited to come into training camp. He, he finds his way there. And then he partially tears his ACL. He says it's the first play. PFF says he played two snaps. It doesn't matter. I mean, it's first drive of his college career in the first game. And then that's the end of that. So it's, it's hard to project for him what that looks like on the field. But to your point, he was the guy who last year was polished is a very polished receiver. He was a guy that schools coveted. Mm-hmm. He, he was a top 800 kid that, that schools really coveted to get on campus, and it fell out on his way to land him. But, yeah, he, he's kind of a wild card to me because I know he's talented. I know he's polished. I know he's smart. We just haven't seen him, yeah. right? That, that's, the, that's the thing. Yeah, predicting that six through eight is, like, who gets the sixth spot? Who's the like, – I don't know what the order of that's going to be, but it's certainly an improvement. Like, you think of a guy like Colin Dixon – was a really good recruit really good recruiting win versatile he's playing the slot now george mcdonald told me the other day so i I do think i do think he's a developmental guy this year but this is the type of prospect that two or three years ago probably would have played right away given the the talent dearth they had at this position they just didn't have enough talent at this position under lovey smith like that that staff just did not recruit enough talent at this position uh colin dixon was as good as any most wide receivers that the Lovey Smith staff recruited, you don't have to count on him right away. Like Ian Pugh was a really good recruiting win. And George told me like these guys come in with expectations. Some need to develop. He still seems like Ian Pugh. He, he thinks can turn into something really good. He really thinks Colin Dixon can, but those guys are like the final scholarship guys on the depth chart. Like that's again, just a sign of how, how much more talented this group is getting. It's weird to say out loud, isn't it? Um, because, like, that's the thing. When, when a kid commits, you always think, hey, he's going to – like, that's the, the natural feeling of a fan. How can he contribute right away? Which is great because that's what recruiting is. Uh, but there, there is a developmental time, and to allow that to happen naturally, again, is it's the growth of this room because they've added the talent in there. It was natural for some guys, Malik Elzey, Hank Beatty, is get out there early. And often, and I think yeah. we saw that with Hank. I think we'll see that with Malik too. 
All right, reasonable expectations for the Illinois wide receiver group, Joey. Um, I'm just going to go with this. Phil Steele in his magazine had Illinois ranked the eighth best receiving group in the Big Ten. And as I go across the West, he's got Minnesota three, Wisconsin four. So that'd be the third best group in the Big Ten West. Wisconsin added a lot of talent there. I haven't looked into Minnesota's uh, all that much, so I'll look at that here in a minute. But eighth, top three in the Big Ten West, I think that's really reasonable. Like, that would be, for me, like I think that would be a huge step for Illinois, but I do think it's reasonable given the talent. Like, Isaiah Williams, they think he's an NFL player. They think Pat Bryant's going to have a chance at the NFL. Uh, and then you add developing underclassmen, including a four-star prospect in Malik Kelsey. Yeah, I think that's fine. I, I think if you look reasonable yard, like can we break it down by yeah. yard thought? I think we Isaiah Williams had seven fifteen last year. You and I both think that's going to go up. Now he's probably going to try to flirt, and he should be in the conversation to flirt with a thousand. But then it's that five hundred. Who who is in that five hundred mark? Last year the closest Pat Bryant four fifty three. He'll get very there. reasonable. If he's healthy, he'll get there. Yes. Uh, Brian Hightower, 452. Can, can you have two or three 500-yard guys on if, this offense? Is that reasonable to you? All right. If you had to pick a, another guy, if a third player gets 450 uh, yards or 400-plus yards, who is it? Well, that's where it gets tough because Casey Washington had 306 last year, and I don't know that I feel comfortable saying Malik Elzey for 500 at this point. If a third guy gets that, it's, it's Malik Elzey for me. I agree. And Malik Elsie would feel probably pretty comfortable. Insane. Malik Elsie told me 600 yards. <laughs> he said, I'm going to be a freshman All-American. I'm going to get 600 yards, five touchdowns. I don't know if I go that high. Like, we've been talking. You don't want to You don't want to set the expectations, too. I don't know if Malik gets there. If Malik got 350 to 400 yards, that's a pretty dang good season for a freshman wide receiver. Like, Malik Turner was more raw than Malik Elsie. It wasn't the pedigree. But they're similar bodies, similar types. Uh, Malik's probably a better athlete, probably a little bit bigger than Malik Turner was at that time, but he's close. Um, Malik's probably a little bit faster, but Malik Turner had Malik Elsie is older than Malik Turner. Turner had 250 yards as a freshman, and he was kind of raw. Like I think if that's like the baseline, I think Malik tops that no matter what this year. But if he tops that, that's a really good freshman season. But it, Casey, like. Great blocker. I think we should mention that. This group is pretty move good. The block. chains guy, dude. Casey yeah. can hands move the chains. Hands. He knows this offense in and out. There's a ton of value to Casey Washington. I just don't know if he the guy's never scored a touchdown. He's around ten yards per carry or nine yards per catch, ten yards per catch. Um, I think Malik Elsey's a guy that's twelve plus, thirteen plus yards per catch. Definite red zone guy. Um, I just think he's more explosive. So I think he's got a better chance of reaching that. But I think their numbers would be probably pretty similar. Yeah, I'm with you. Since we're talking expectations, I, I want to ask because I think we, as we've talked on here or, or just among ourselves, how have your expectations for Malik Elzey changed? Like the way you thought he could approach? Basically, for me, it's been since media day. Yeah. Uh, but how, how have yours changed? Um, I mean, I've always been such a fan of his. I, I've told the story, but I went and saw Jordan Anderson and Malachi Hood, their first game of their senior season, and they were playing Simeon. And to be honest with you, I didn't know if Illinois was going to be have a chance to land him because Michigan was recruiting Malik, um, all these other big schools. And Illinois just had to prove something offensively. But what stood out to me with Malik was not only was he explosive, had a big catch, JCA was 
dominating Simeon at the time. JCA was loaded, and they still are. Um, but on defense, he was so physical. And to me, that said, this guy's a football player. He's physical. Like, I think he's going to be able to play right away. Um, so I always had high expectations for him. But the, you're right, the way they've talked about him, the way Isaiah Williams has said, this guy's different. And Isaiah's different, right? Like, he's a little bit different than all these are. He's more talented than Pat Bryant. He's more talented than Casey Washington. He's more talented, really, than anybody in that room. He's probably the best NFL prospect wide receiver. Now he's got to produce like it. But the staff also. I mean, and we see that Casey Washington was out yesterday. Malik Elsey's taking his place at the front of lines in these position drills, which shows he's, he's going to play. He's going to play a big role. So um, their expectations, yes, it certainly has – has risen and, and I guess has given me a little bit more confidence that yeah this guy is that good he's not quite Regis Ben level for me but he's going to make an impact right away because he's built for it Joe he's he's talented enough and he's he's strong enough yeah for me it's just been how they've talked about him like this staff hasn't Brett Bielema says a lot of names especially freshmen when we talk with him we know why it's it's a he likes to, to recruit and, and pump up the in-state stuff. But they've been pretty measured by my read and how they publicly talk about their freshmen and, and what their roles are going to be. And it just seems like that's not been the case with Malik. They, again, they, they've not – he's going to be he, – they have not said freshman All-American. He sure has. George has uh, been saying, I have to temper his expectations, but George is also very excited about him. Right. So I, I think that's what's kind of changed for me is just to hear how they've spoken about him, how Isaiah Williams has spoken about him, Casey Washington has spoken about him. Uh, that That's what's changed it for me. But I still do find myself, like with my foot on the brakes, like, oh, I don't – this feels weird to go too far down the, the statistical predictions with him. Uh, but I, I'm starting to open up a little bit more to, to what his role could be. If we set the over-under, what would we set it at? Like, what is the expectation? For yards? Yeah. Because for, like, Isaiah, it'd probably be, like, 899.5 for me. Like, I think he's mm-hmm. in for that kind of year. Pat Bryant would probably be 499.5 for me. 324.5. Um, I was about to, yeah. I was like, 299 feels a little low. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> and, and Casey would be a close, similar number. I'd probably put, like, 299.5 for him. Hank Beatty catches would be an interesting one. Like 19 and a half, 24 and a half, something like that. Yeah, that makes sense. I do want to ask, what's our over-under on wide receiver touchdown receptions? What was last, it last year? year? <laughs> last year it was nine? Man, that seems nine. Like, yeah, Five yeah. for Isaiah Williams, two for Pat Bryant, two for Brian Hightower. How many of those like were thrown back? beyond the line of scrimmage too don't don't matter <laughs> doesn't change the stat but you know what i mean like i think like three Isaiah or four, williams i would say had three two. or four of them yeah three or four of yeah. them at least i think um boy so i would say i mean the way we're talking i think we'd have to set it over this so let's set it not far over and is nine it, and a half ten and a half that is the whole key of this offense like their offense moved the ball last year it's about scoring touchdowns they gotta score touchdowns and um yeah, that's that's at the over under ten and a half, eleven and a half. I I don't know that I would feel comfortable going much higher than ten and a half. I think ten and a half is a good number because like I go over if you I, gave me ten, I'd, I'd probably 
not betted for an 11 and a half. Well, what's the fun in that, Jeremy? I think Isaiah is good for six or seven. Pat Bryant's good for a couple. I think Elzy's going to get one or a couple. Uh, yeah. 11 and a half, I wouldn't bet. 10 and a half, I'd go the over. I think that's probably fair. That's probably where I'm at. This we should a, probably do season over-unders at some point, by the way. Yeah, we will. Like, write them down. Yeah. Uh, this this is one of the more fun positions to talk about because the the expectation is actually higher, right? The, the expectation rises with this group, and you know, it's up to Barry Lunny and Luke Altmaier to get the, to most of them, maybe John Paddock at some point. So uh, there's there's talent in this room now. Let's take a moment and tell you guys about Homefield. They're a premium collegiate apparel brand based in Indianapolis. They emphasize their commitment to creating incredibly comfortable, officially licensed apparel with vintage college designs. They feature a growing collection of over 150 colleges to choose from, including, of course, the University of Illinois. Homefield designs are super unique because they delve into the archives and history of each school using unique logos and iconic moments to create thoughtfully designed apparel. They're all about authenticity and nostalgia. And if you go to homefieldapparel.com right now, you'll see that they did that with their Illini gear. The Script Illinois. It's as good as anything, right? Like they have that there. The Ringer T with the orange. Our boy Brad Evans loves that one. The 2005 Illini basketball logo. Oh, that brings back good memories. Or the Flying Illini logo from the 80s. I got a Flying Illini shirt they sent me. It is awesome. And the other thing about this I'm telling you guys, they are so comfortable. They're not these boxy tees that itch. They are the form-fitting and soft, comfortable shirts. So give them a look. It's not the typical Illinois gear you usually see. You can find them at homefieldapparel.com where you can see their selection of colleges available. And guess what? Our listeners at Illini Inquirer get 15% off their first order with discount code Illini23. So go to homefieldapparel.com, get 15% off your first order using discount code Illini23. It's the perfect apparel to get you ready for the upcoming season. So check them out at homefieldapparel.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Let's flip to tight end, Joey. And I think the storyline here is, you know, Tipper, I'm in a good last year, but uh, Illinois must replace two high rep rotation players and Luke Ford, who I know didn't live up to expectations, but was still a big part of the offense, especially as a blocker. And Michael Marques, who had a sneaky good year last year. Most receiving yards among these tight ends, I believe. A couple touchdowns. Um, at least he was Second close. Most behind so, he was really close most to Tip. Yeah. <laughs> he was really close to Tip. And yeah, a couple touchdowns. They got to replace those guys. So I have a really high confidence level 
in Tip Ryman and what he brings. He just gets better and better every year. I don't think we should overlook the jump that guy has made in three years under Brett Bielma to go from walk-on that Rod Smith liked and kudos to Rod Smith for finding him to all of a sudden he's on the Mackey Award list. Now he's got to prove himself as a pass catcher. We'll get into that. But the leaps he's taken, what he's turned himself into, like this is what we thought Luke Ford would be. Like I don't think we should overlook that that Tip Ryman proved himself as a as a good Big Ten tight end, and I think he's going to take a, another step this year. But now, can Griffin Moore, can Tanner Arkin, can Henry Boyer give them some depth and, and give them what they need at a position they use a lot? I've said the stat before, but they use 1.3 tight ends per snap. Like so, they use a lot of double tight ends. They use tight ends. I know maybe not as much in the passing game as people want, but it's an important part of this offense. It is. And the, the big storyline is who steps in for Luke Ford, who steps in for Michael Marquez. I think Griffin Moore's one. And, and it's a different element. I'm excited to get to that and talk about that. Yeah. And then for that second spot, uh, and don't think of this positionally, right? Like this right now we're talking just like rotationally. In the last year, the rotation was Tip Ryman, Luke Ford, Michael Marquez. So who is in that rotationally? It's somewhere between Henry Boyer, Tanner Arkin. I think those are probably the behind Griffin Moore. I think those are probably the two best candidates, right? Oh, absolutely. Um, Henry Boyer is built like Ford. Um, Just incredibly long, strong, physical. Robbie Disher loves him. The mentality there, like when Tip's gone, Henry Boyer's going to be, I think, the number one tight end uh, of this group. And Tanner Arkin seems to be taking a step. Like, he came from Colorado State. I didn't notice him much in the spring. He was limited late. Yeah, he's um, he looks like a physical blocker. I think he's more of the blocking type. Um, H-back type, I would think. But Griffin Moore is really the X factor. And let's get into this. The big question, will this group be more of a factor in the passing game? I wrote a story on Tip Ryman. He's working on it. Uh, that's been the focus of his offseason. He, he really studied Sam Laporta a lot, and I think he'll get better. I don't know if he'll ever be a great pass-catching tight end, dynamic threat, but I do think he can get better with his hands, adjusting to the ball. I think was his biggest thing was down-to-field passes, and I think getting him better in the red zone. Like Again, scoring touchdowns. Like Tommy DeVue didn't go to him a lot. I think the tight ends have to be a factor there. But you've talked with Griffin Moore a lot. This guy, I didn't know, Joey, if he was ever going to make an impact in the program. And you got a new tight ends coach in there, and Griffin Moore just got opportunity and has seemed to make the most of it. Yeah, I mean, I I didn't know what his on-the-field impact would be. He has always been a guy since he committed that was going to be send every official visitor who comes to Champaign to Griffin Moore's house. Uh, So I didn't know on the field what he was going to do. Great program guy. Great program guy, yeah. Absolutely. And the bowl game helped him. It gave him confidence. It was one catch. So, like, someone might hear that and think, really? One catch? But, like, to do that finally, after all of that time he had spent kind of waiting for that and, and working to that, that that gave him confidence. This guy, he doesn't lack confidence in his ability as a pass catcher. He said, I'm not worried about that. He said, the bowl game, I feel like I showed I can block better than people give me credit for. Because I know that's been a question mark of my game. He's reshaped his body a little bit, lost a couple pounds, uh, eight pounds of fat, I think, added a couple pounds of muscle. He looks different. Yeah. He looks different than we saw him a year ago. You mentioned who he looks like, like frame-wise. 
Now they switched Daniel to Daniel Barker. Yeah, yeah it's, it's Daniel Barker. Now, okay. I don't know if it's the fact that he's wearing eight and 81 now instead of 43 that he wore. Uh, but I, I do see some physical. And someone I, I talked to said, I thought the same. I didn't want to, like, I didn't say it, but I, I thought the same when when I saw him for the first time with, with that number. But he's the, he is the X factor because he's probably their best down the field receiving threat, which we think has been lacking at this position for a, a little bit here now, really since Daniel Barker had a couple of his seasons. Uh, so can Griffin Moore come close to, I don't want to say replicating, but can he add that to this wide receiver room? Because I think yeah. that's what it's missing. I think what gets overlooked is because every year Illinois fans here, they're going to use the tight end more. Uh, it's just Every being, year. It's just being more effective. And to be honest with you, like the last two years have been pretty solid when you put it all together because they play three of them. In 2021, they had seven touchdowns from their tight ends. 38 catches, 389 yards. That's not getting all Big Ten honors, but seven touchdowns from your tight ends, and they block well. It's pretty good. Last year, 39 receptions for 419 yards. The 39 receptions were the most of the last, I think, eight, nine years. Uh, 419 yards is um, the most since 2019 when they had 423. Tip Ryman's 19 receptions were the most for an Illinois tight end since Lou Dorsey. In 2019, um, I know Daniel Barker had 18 in the COVID shortened year, so that that might be a little bit different. Like Daniel Barker was the most talented guy they've had here in, in recent years uh, as a pass catcher, but they are getting slightly better, and they're so important in the blocking game. They're so important as a Henry Boyer told me, like we are the last line, like we are the the dump off option, like we have to take advantage of those opportunities. So I don't think they they're ter- terrible at tight end. But you would like, for me especially, in that red zone. Like, they got enough receivers, enough running backs. They got playmakers. You just need to reliably catch the ball when it's thrown to you. And that didn't happen enough last year down the field. But also, you got to score in the red zone. Like, and, and tight ends are a big part of that. Yeah, they are. And it's the biggest one of the bigger stories offensively is, is red zone offense and improving that. And I think those guys – and having some big running backs healthy and available yeah. will go a long way in in improving that if, if they're able to improve it. But yeah, I, just more passing game, Jeremy. Like that, that's what I, I keep coming back to. That's what it is for me. We know they can block, and we know they're important in that. Like I don't want to look over the fact of, of how important they are in that role w- within what they want to do offensively. But like stats are stats, right? And, and yeah improving in that passing game is a big deal and, and look i mean he'll tell you this tip ryman left some to be desired out there down this he'll tell you that i, I don't yeah. think he would he would hide behind that he spent the whole offseason trying to fix it he didn't have a catch uh, beyond 10 yards him and devito were 0 for 7 on those right and he had two of them that were drops and, and some of them that just he, he wasn't able to adjust and i think that comes with reps I, I do uh again i don't think he'll ever he's not the most dynamic athlete so i don't know if he'll ever be great at it but if Griffin Moore can can help you there and Tip Ryman gets a little bit better, like last year, they're 419 receiving yards. You broke this down, Joey, in, in your position primer. 39 catches was 10th in the Big Ten among Big Ten tight ends, and there was a group that was – the bottom half was all basically the same. Um, so 7 through 14 wasn't much different. 419 yards was 9th, and targets was 12th with 55. Um, so I, I would think that goes up a little bit, but I, th- I think that shows you that Tommy DeVito didn't – didn't really trust those guys a ton that they were going to make plays. No, and, and some of it is like the way the expectations were. For, like when Brett Bielema got hired and when Barry Lunny got hired, the expectation was 
tight ends to the moon, right? Because they've had success there and they've developed players there. And that just hasn't come to fruition yet. And that's not to to say, so you're weighing that against production. Yeah. Right. Like that's not to say these tight ends haven't been passably good, haven't been okay. There, there is some to be desired, but I think they come in, those coaches come in and you think that's going to be it. That's going to be one of the passing game calling cards. And that's just one, probably the, the game's evolved a little bit from that. And two, that's not the talent right now. Yeah. In that room, there's no Hunter Henry in that room right now. Right. Yeah, I was about to say that. There's not a Hunter Henry. Like, that can't be the expectations. Probably not a Lance Kendricks. Uh, is there a, a Jeremy Sprinkle? Yeah, I think so. Like, the guy he had at Arkansas after Henry. Um, they've had some Travis Beckham. I don't know if they have a guy like that. But uh, they just don't have as explosive of a guy like that that I see, along with the size. But I do think Tip Ryman is going to have a chance at the NFL. NFL scouts are are paying attention to him and Henry Boyer is a really interesting long-term prospect. So let's get into the expectations, Joey. Um, let's set an expectation. Where would you set the receptions, receiving yards, touchdown over unders at here? Okay. Let me, I know you said a lot of numbers. So let me recap. Recep- last year, 39 receptions. Would you set the receptions <laughs> at like 41 and a half? Yeah, I cannot go that much over that. I agree. With you. Uh, Griffin Moore changes it a little bit. Griffin Moore's probably worth, those two and a half receptions but i don't know that i would go that much over would yeah. you take the over no i, I wouldn't bet it <laughs> i think that's about right uh receiving yards i would go over under four forty nine point five. i don't think i would bet. i don't like giving my money away i'm not right. so like gambling sorry even hypothetical but, money but if, if you're like if you're hesitating i think these are good numbers like i think yeah. this is really setting the good expectation touchdowns this is my number like get to five please like four and a half would probably be my number yeah i would probably take the over on that we're we're, kind of, we're thinking altmeyer's going for some touchdowns here. yeah okay <laughs> <laughs> ten and a half for the receivers maybe That's a running a back point. gets in there on a screen pass that's a good point. So maybe we didn't we didn't do that. We didn't do the over unders with Luke Altmeyer. So I guess we should set the over under for Luke Altmeyer. We need time. We need time. We'll do it in the over under. Okay. But yeah, I was thinking Luke Altmeyer's touchdown over under is probably gonna be 16 and a half, 17 and a half. Are we gonna set it at based on our conversations here? Well, we we've kind of backed ourselves into having <laughs> yeah. to do that now, haven't we? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think that I think that's I think Luke I think Tip Ryman can be two fifty. Give me three touchdowns. Griffin Moore, can you get to 200? Can you be a 150 to 200 guy? Get a couple a big – Yeah, get a big couple catches. Then Henry Boyer gets a couple of those drop downs. So, Tanner Arkin gets a couple of those drop downs. I think that's what you're looking at. Yeah, I'm with you. Do you have a sleeper? I have a sleeper in the wide, in the tight end room. I've been – Go for I your boy. The, Go for your boy. I, ben Schultz? And I'm not saying he's going to have a super productive year, but they like his physicality coming over from the defensive side. It sounds like he's picking it up quickly. I'm kind of circling that Michael Marquez role um, in that rotation for that Michael Marquez role. I think there's options ahead of him for that role, and we've talked about them. But if you see him on the field, I, I don't know that I would be totally, totally – it's probably more special teams. I would yeah. say it's more special teams right now. But he's a guy who, who is at least – gotten a bit of attention since moving over now we say that there's not a lot of guys in that room yeah so like number wise so obviously he's, he's going to be in that mix uh just a the depth chart tip Ryman will be a starter i think griffin moore 
basically a half starter there. I'm really fascinated to see how they use Arkin and Boyer, how they rotate those guys. I could really see Boyer on the goal line package um, when they want to go double tights and really stuff it down to people's throats, which could give them some touchdown opportunities, right, on a play-action rollout or something like that. But he's a really physical blocker. Guys behind him, Nate, Nathan Gwynn, freshman, needs about a year or two of uh, strength gains, but dynamic in the passing game. Like, if you think about a guy that could could be – has the potential to be one of the better pass catchers of the Brett Bielma era at tight end. I think Gwynn in a couple years has that potential. He's just a, a longer-term developmental prospect. Owen Anderson had committed to Illinois over Michigan State and some others. Uh, just hasn't developed to this point. He hasn't had a ton of strength that I've seen, but I did talk with Robbie Disher, asked him about Owen the other day, and he said kind of you know, it's come a little more difficult for him, but that he has had a good training camp. So uh, those are the guys towards the, the bottom of the depth chart along there. And then, you know, Carson Conkle, Tanner Hollinger coming in behind those guys. Conkle's a dynamic player. Hollinger kind of Tip Ryman-esque, I think, uh, with, with his work ethic, his physicality, his length. I think he'll fill out. But those guys will be longer term. But that tight end group, I, I feel a little bit better about longer term. I just think short term, it's a solid group. If you can get a solid group out of this one, uh, I do think it's one of your lower ceiling position groups, but Tip Ryman gives me a lot of faith, man. I, I, I just I love what he brings to the team. Can I throw a very, very, very hypothetical your way? Yeah. And I hate to say this, I don't want it to I don't know that this is gonna happen, certainly. Let's say Tip Ryman has a good year, like good enough in the passing game combined with his blocking and he makes the leap. He certainly can. I, I think Brett Bielman has mentioned the possibility of that. But I think he would have to have a good year in the passing game to do that. Do yeah, you try if, he, to pour- if he had like 350 yards or something like that as a tight end, I could see that. So if he does that, which would mean the, the tight ends have produced, or he at least, do you try to marry that with your past success and portal your way to a tight end, or do you try, or do you continue that kind of natural development behind there? Yeah. It's a great question. I just pulled up the 2023 guys who are drafted, and I'm just looking at these 40 times. I just don't know if Tip Ryman has some of these in him. Like even right, a, even right. a guy like Darnell Washington ran a four six four at two six seven two sixty five. Um, the guy probably closest is Cameron Latou six four ran a four seven eight. Um, yeah, like most of these guys are Payne Durham. But he was such a good pass. Like Payne Durham ran a four eight seven. But you knew when you were throwing it up to him, as Illinois found out, <laughs> he was going to catch the ball unless Sidney Brown nearly took his head off. Right? Like that. He still had some on Sidney. What's that? He still had catches on Sidney. Yes. Like, he was a very very good pass catcher. Yeah. So I I get the hypothetical. I think Tip Ryan is going to be here another year. I do. Are you with you there? Um. So I don't think that's going to have to be a question. And I didn't know if Griffin Moore. Would, would be here for the last year or two of his scout. Like, you know, he's on his fifth year now. Like, it, it wasn't a guarantee that, that he could be here, and he's shown enough that, that he will. So you could have all those guys back next year. But if Tiff Ryman left, yes, I would consider it. I would, I would really look at, at a whether it's a Juco or whether it's a grad transfer. Yes, absolutely. Unless Tanner Arkin or Henry Boyer just really blew your socks off in practice this year. Yeah, I'm with you. And if Tiff Ryman does come back, you glue Tanner Hollinger and Carson Conkle to him for a year. 
Yeah, they the way these guys talk about Tip as a leader, um, you don't hear that a lot. Like the way they they talk about him is he's such a good influence on that room. I mean, he's, it's really just a great story. But I'm I'm just interested to see what he can do this year. Um, interested to see what this group because it's an X factor group, right? Like if this group can overachieve our expectations, that's that's huge for this offense. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I but I I don't know that. My expectations aren't high. No. Not in the passing game. Like, Tip Ryman's a really good blocker. I expect Henry Boyer to be a good blocker and Arkin to be a good blocker. Let's be honest, that's most of their job. Most of their job is being a sixth or seventh blocker. And we should probably mention with the receivers, Casey Washington and Pat Bryan are really good blockers. Uh, I expect Malik Ellis to be pretty good at it, too. That's going to be really important for those running backs. And as much as we want – the, is the passing game has to take another level. This st- this team still needs to run the football incredibly well to be successful. And you need those guys to do it. Yep. So, anything else? Tight ends, wide receivers, any final thoughts? I got nothing. I do want to say, I know we talked about this the other day, and on current Illini news, Doug Kramer? You see, there was an injury the other day, Jeremy, to Cody Whitehair. I don't know the severity of it. No, oh, no. Well, right, right, for you. That's... <laughs> I'd like to keep my quarterback healthy this year. How about Sidney Brown pulling the trigger and knocking heads off, Joey? That's what he does. That's what he does, man. He, he's got, dude, he is going to be a favorite in Philadelphia. Oh. Right, real quick, a, a quote from Matt Eberflus. I don't have an update on Cody yet, so we're still looking at it. And Kramer does a nice job. Kramer sets the protections. He sets the calls in the run oh. game. Uber smart. He's quick, athletic. He does a lot of things well. Dang. You were telling me like you you've kept up on the Bears news more than I have. You were telling my me. My best yesterday. friend my best friend really hits me in the head with Bears news. <laughs> you uh you told me yes. I thought Lucas Patrick was the backup. I haven't been paying attention. I'm, I've been so interesting he was not named. Yes. Uh, we don't know. I don't know. I don't want to like paint this. I, I don't follow the Bears. I don't have the insight on the Bears. But it sounds like Doug Kramer. Kind of in that mix there. We'll see what Cody Whitehair. Obviously, don't if you're a Bears fan, if you're Cody Whitehair, you don't want that to be no. serious. No. Um, but interesting what, what that could possibly mean for Doug Kramer. Yeah, Tony Adams has had a hell of an offseason. I'm waiting for the Tony Adams on hard knocks. Need more. Or no, Ju- Justin I, I Hardy. Gonna, Aaron, I've seen Justin Hardy get in the scrap. He was in the middle of that yeah. scrap, <laughs> which does not surprise me. Um, that's how he made it in the NFL, man. But, uh, yeah, I'd like to see a little bit of those guys. Uh Kendrick Green playing fullback, interesting. <laughs> really interesting. Interesting to see if he makes that roster. Um, yeah, it's going to be a big, big, what, couple weeks? Cut down days, end of August? Down to 53? Mm-hmm, sure. <laughs> so there's a lot of Illini <laughs> fighting for jobs, whether it's, you know, Kendall Smith, Mule Eifor seems like he's got a good chance. But uh, you know, a guy like Roderick Alex Perry. Palchewski. Yeah, Alex Palchewski, Alex Pilstrom. Seems like Vidarian Lowe. Doing pretty well at training camp from the last time I saw it. So it's nice to see these guys, man. We covered them all their careers. It's good to see more of these guys get their opportunities and, and for someone to really impress. I mean, you know, Sydney, I'm not afraid to say it now. Like I, I don't know if I've had a, a better relationship covering a guy. Not not many covering a guy than than Sydney Brown. Like Nick Algretti's up there. Probably Isaiah Williams is up there, but Personally, it's just awesome to see him succeed and, and make an impact. Because, yeah, the Brian Dawkins comparisons I thought were a little unfair early, but I can eventually see Sidney ingratiating himself like that, the way he plays. Yeah, getting to know him, knowing his story, that video the Eagles put out of him signing 
his lease to i'm assuming a lease i don't know if he bought it or not but moving into a really beautiful apartment i mean this thing was sweet good for like that was so cool knowing his story knowing how he kind of got to this point it was awesome man All right, thank you for listening to the Illini Choir podcast. Give us a follow, rating, review wherever you get your podcast. Hit the like button on our YouTube channel if you're watching this over there. Subscribe to us. Hit the notifications bell as well. For Joy Wagner, I'm Jeremy Warner. We'll be back later next week with my favorite podcast we're going to do, Joey, in this position preview series, the Big Uglies, the O-line, and the D-line, which is where this team's going to win games, right? Yeah, I thought you were going to say specialists. It's a shame. I love, love for specialists. I like interviewing specialists as much as anybody because they talk a lot. We know you're games. an offensive and defensive line yeah. guy at heart. Jeremy. We know we can't can't take that. I got to own it. Can't, can take the kid out of the football. Uh, I don't know can't take the five foot nine, hundred and eighty pound <laughs> offensive lineman out of me. All right, everybody, have a great day. Take care of each other, and we'll talk to you next time right here on the Illini Choir Podcast. Bye, everybody. What's normal? The Paramount Plus original series, Evil, has returned. We've already hunted werewolves and demons. And now what? A baby antichrist? (laughs) Okie dokie. Prepare yourself. You will not beat us. For the end. I have visions of hell. Make it stop. Make it shut up. You're not gonna survive this. Evil, the final season. Now streaming only on Paramount Plus.